welcome in to episode 50 of the Young Dad Podcast. I am so thrilled and excited to be here with you today. It's your boy Jay. And of course, as always, the Young Dad Podcast is brought to you by Ball Boy Media with, of course, your host, myself, Jay, and my brother, Aaron. Young is our last name and dadding is our game. So it's about time for you to pull up a chair, grab a juice box, grab a snack, and let's talk with our very, very first return guest and the first ever guest that we had on the Young Dad Podcast, Craig Youngcrant, aka the man behind Single Dad Reboot Podcast. Craig, welcome to the show first and foremost, great guy, and he's just an amazing father and also not so single dad anymore as he recently had a vow renewal married to a new woman and is just absolutely crushing it in life great guy great person even more fun to talk to man craig we were so grateful he joined us again he helped us celebrate episode 50 if you want to listen to his original episode episode 45 so dudes my friends audience you guys know what what time it is put that straw in that juice box open that snack get real comfy let's talk Settle in, settle in. I know it's exciting. Live studio audience. I know you guys are excited. I'm excited. Welcome into the 50th episode of the Young Dad Podcast. I'm Jay. Due to him working a blue collar, early pers- early riser jo- job, Aaron is not with us today. However, joining us once again, slightly more than a year later and 45 episodes later, it's Craig. Craig, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Jay. Thank you for having me. It's a that was a really quick road to 50 episodes for you. I'm impressed. It's amazing. It flew by. It's been it's been a really cool year. Just a lot of a first, you know, growing pains back when we first recorded. We did some little segments. We did a draft. Mm-hmm. We did, you know, some really fun, really silly stuff, you know. Uh since then we've changed we've talked to just a ton of people ton of different people men women dad casters regular parents social media dads just all the different kinds of dads and um some moms business owners and all these different people and it's just been it's been a wild and crazy ride to 50 so but it only felt right to hit this really big milestone that very few podcasts get to in general I want to say it's, I don't know, 5% actually get to 50 or more. So we're just, we're really lucky to have gotten here to stay with it for more than a year at this point, um, which is really cool. So, yeah. So Craig, what's new with you, man? Well, before I ask you that, don't answer that yet. Let me reintroduce <laughs> you to all the listeners um and give some context about who you are because it's 45 episodes so if you guys go back to episode five you'll be able to hear us talk to craig um you know cringe cringe alert it was our er, episode five so bear with us there were some growing pains involved in that but uh, a little bit about you craig you're the host of the single single dad reboot podcast with a in parentheses not so single anymore um which is about helping people recover from divorce Helping parents transition into shared custody, single parenting, your experience with others to help them share theirs. For the listeners that don't know, 
I found your show when I was early in my divorce process back in 2021. So two years ago, uh, two and a half almost now, which is even crazier to think that it's been that long. But yeah, when we connected, I was going through it. I was listening to just random podcasts, just trying to grasp onto something. And there were shows out there, very few in the space, mm-hmm. but I latched onto yours and I really liked it. I was like, this guy is just sharing his story. It's real. It's raw. It's authentic. It's just him talking and sharing his experience. And that just resonated with me beyond like, I don't know what it was. It just resonated with me and it just, you know, clicked for me. And um, I reached out to you on Instagram just to say thank you for sharing your story and how it was Mm -hmm. helping me through what I was going through. And kind of from there, we just became friends and we connected and, um now we're here two and a half years later which is crazy just uh how life works you know god makes no mistakes and there's no coincidences in life that i found your show and we connected so um then a little bit more about you you're remarried now uh with a full on full-fledged high schooler i believe (laughs) she's a sophomore yeah, she just became a sophomore. Gosh, I think this is the second God. week of school. So last week was her first week as a sophomore. 15 years old. Um, yep. It's, competitive uh, soccer player. Yep, that's that's her dude, first love. Freaking baller, dude. She's a baller. I watch yeah. her I watch her post with her and stuff from your from your account and this kid's a freaking baller, dude. She better yeah, go. She's she not going cool. D1, then D1's nuts. Um yeah, I, I hope so because college is not cheap. So any, no. any kind of financial help I can get, I will take. <laughs> Heck yeah! But no, she's she's great. I it's crazy the things that I met you back when she was in middle school. Yep. And just like seeing, well, you grow, seeing her grow, obviously, and vice versa. You seen my kids since they were, well, my yep. youngest, she was a little baby. And stuff, and it's crazy, just like how life, you know, brings you, brings you together. You see each other grow and stuff. You're kind of like, I see you, what you're going through, and talk to you occasionally about, you know, having a high school girl. And I'm like, man, this, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Uh, <laughs> I'm not either, and she's already there. So, <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's. It's just so good to see you. So catch us up on life for you. What's been going on? What's new? Um, I have the sun blaring in my eyes. So talking, I'm going to close my blinds here. Gosh, I think uh, so much has happened since the last time we spoke. Um, unfortunately, uh, you mentioned the the 50 episode milestone. And unfortunately, I'm one of the ones that did not hit 50. I'm, I think I'm stuck in the 30s, early 30s. Uh, but good news there. I'm planning on picking that up back soon. Uh, so we'll be pumping more episodes out there. Um, I've been spending a lot of time writing on Medium, actually, um, trying to work oh. on my blog and build that up. I'm still just trying to get the message out for, you know, men, women, anybody struggling with divorce and especially the single parents. Just uh, I figure the more I share and get myself out there, the more it'll inspire to do others like it did for you, which is exactly what I was trying to do. So it's really good to hear that, you know, I helped you out in that way. Um, just continue to do that. Uh, as we were talking before the show, I just had a vow renewal with my wife. I've been married for two years now, about two years and a month. So 
she lives in the Dominican and we all got together with her family down there because we didn't want to do it when we got married two years ago because of the pandemic. We didn't want older family members flying all around the country and the world to come out. So when things settled down, we scheduled that. Um, we had an amazing, fun-filled week. My wife planned everything on her own. She's totally type A and on top of everything. Um, we had people coming in from all over the world and she set up you know, day trips for everybody to see the sites for the week they came to visit. Um, and the wedding and everything went off without a hitch. So, and I, I think she might've actually decided on a career path based on that. She's going to look more into event planning and things like that. So heck yeah, ended up being a lot bigger than we thought. Heck yeah. So she's still down there in the DR or is she stateside with you? We're still working on the citizenship. Um, we're okay. mostly through it now. We're just waiting for her to have her interview with the uh, American embassy down there. Um, we're just waiting for them to schedule the appointment. So Hopefully by the end of this year, early next year, it'll be wrapped up and she'll be here full time. But she's here right now. She we usually go back and forth every couple of months. We try not to spend more than a month apart. Okay, for sure. Um, just curious. So what's that like? Like being married, going through all that, like for you guys, because that's something totally different. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are going through similar long distance things, but country to from North America to South America. Mm -hmm. You know, from East Coast to the DR, you know, what's that dynamic been like for you guys over the last couple of years? Just, you know, well, I guess um, more than a couple of years because you guys obviously dated and stuff before that. But like, yeah, we've, we've been last together years for, for you a little over three years. Um, it's hard, man. The distance, um, I guess you don't think about it when you're in a relationship and you, you can just kind of pick up and go see somebody whenever you want. Um, you know, we obviously don't have that because we have to make plans like, you know. I have the daughter. She doesn't have any kids. Um, she's never been married before. I have, but just responsibilities around here. Like if I want to go there, I've got to, you know, set up somebody to watch my dog. I've got to make sure that um, nothing big's going on with my daughter in terms of activities or stuff and that I don't have her that particular week when I go. Um, but then too, just, um, it's weird. Like, so social media and cell phones and all this stuff are great because they bring us all closer together, but it, it doesn't substitute for actually being there with somebody physically. Um, so we, we decided early on that we were going to try and see each other at least once a month. So we've been sticking with that um, and that's helped, but I couldn't imagine what it would have been like had, if we would have met and been together prior to the pandemic and, you know, borders and stuff were closed and we wouldn't have been able to see each other. That would have been super tough. And we're both at the point now, I mean, we've been together for three years and uh, married for the last two. We're just both at the point where we're just sick of the distance. Like, you know, obviously I don't mind traveling out to the Dominican because it's the Dominican and it's amazing there. Um, yeah, but true. It would just it would just be nicer just to not have to travel so much. Um, yeah. Just be able to see her whenever I wanted to. That, so that's been the toughest part. But like you said, I, I don't think, um, you know, anything happens by chance. I think it's all meant to be the way it is. So I've definitely been able to learn a lot about myself and the experience and, you know, build up things that I was lacking, like, you know, communication skills in terms of relationships and things like that. So it's been a good thing, but hopefully it'll be over soon. Yeah. You're close. The, the lights there at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Finally. Right. So what for, for you originally with the single dad reboot podcast, what was like the original, like inspiration? behind that like what what pushed you to do that because you got divorced i don't know kind of take us through like that story kind of time frame year mm -hmm. what the world was like what your world was like what your family was like you know how old your daughter was and stuff and what really pushed you into into that podcast and doing that 
So I, I separated from my wife in September of 2009, um, and the divorce is actually official in 2012. Uh, my daughter was born March 4th, 2008. So when we split, she was only about a year and a half old. Um, so I guess the one good thing about it was that that's, that's all she's really known so far is just going back and forth. Like we talk about it from time to time and she doesn't remember a time when we were together. She just, you know, sees pictures of the family or you know, me and my ex-wife together. Uh, but when I was, I'd say probably for those first two years from 2009 to when things were finalized in 2012, um, that was like the, the worst time for me. I, I think 2010 was probably one of the worst years of my life, just in terms of, you know, going through the divorce, uh, adjusting to being a single parent with shared custody, um, just the emotional damage that, you know, divorce causes. And, you know, I kept looking around trying to find um, anybody that might know anything about divorce or being a single parent. And I was the first person in my group of friends to get divorced. Um, social media wasn't as big back then with Instagram. I mean, there was Facebook, but not really Twitter so much. It wasn't really taken off. Um, what, you didn't really Twitter? know how to find other people. Pardon me? What's Twitter? It's, uh, isn't it something different? Oh, no? I'm sorry. X. X. <laughs> yeah. We gotta be, uh, we gotta be PC. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's all good. I'm just messing with you. Anyways, go ahead. I know. But so we didn't, uh, like I, I didn't really have anybody else to reach out to. And it was something where it was hard talking to other people because they didn't really understand. And even though your friends wish you well, um, they haven't been through the situation themselves. It's, it's just not the same. You want to try and find somebody that will relate to you. So when things started to clear up for me in 2011, 2012, I was just kind of thinking to myself, wow, wouldn't it be a good idea if there was just a group for men to reach out to or, you know, anybody? Um, Cause I was another thing I was looking around and seeing mostly help for women too. Um, and just men being that we don't want to share our feelings and we need to do that more. I just thought, well, maybe I could sort of be a bridge to that. So I actually ran through a couple of like, you know, free WordPress blogs that I started and never really successfully got off the ground. Um, and then at the end of 2019, I was coming out of a, a pretty bad breakup with a girlfriend I was dating. And I just decided, well, I guess it's kind of now or never. So I started, I picked up with uh, Instagram. Um, I got my own webpage, you know, www.singledadreboot.com. And then in May of 2020, I decided, you know, maybe it's time for a podcast. And that was when I started, you know, pumping episodes out because I figured the more places I put myself, the more easy it was going to be for people to find me. Um, and I, I just figured that, uh, you know, there's definitely a need for it, um, you know, as you, you were lucky enough to come across me, or I should say I was lucky enough to have you come across me. Um, so it just kind of took off from there. Um, like got off to a really good start and then just, I don't know, life, the last year has been kind of hectic and crazy. So I've just sort of lost my way with that, but I'm, I'm jumping back into it this year. I love that, man. So it just kind of happened just because you wanted to find something and there was nothing and someone had to, uh, someone had to do it. So you just took that on, on your shoulders and took on that load. So, and I think it's really interesting, like for context for people, uh, now we know the divorce rate, you know, currently in 2023, stupid high, crazy high. Yeah. Um, so I want to give some context to people hearing like, oh, you were the first one in your friend group to get divorced, you know, and it's like everyone in my friend group's divorced now, pretty much like everyone's been through one oh, or wow. everyone's been through like, you know, it's like one in, it's like one in two, it's like something crazy. It's ridiculous. But back mm. Then in 2010, you know, we're thinking just 12, 13 years ago, we're looking at about a one, 
third divorce rate. So significantly lower, about 17, yeah. 18, 19, almost 20% lower than what it is today, which is crazy to think about that it's only 10 years later. Right. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it, it now, when I was going around, it wasn't so common that you would meet, you know, divorced single dads, especially, but now, you see them all the time. And even in my daughter's friend group, there's some that, you know, some that play soccer with their, some that are actually going through divorces, you know, right now, sadly, mm -hmm. but it's just becoming more of a, a common thing. And it, it's kind of sad too, at the same time, because, you know, 100%. you hate to see people get hurt, but it's, uh, it's a part of life. It, it happens to more people than it should, but, you know, there's not much you can do about it. 100%. And it, you know, for more context, even back then, like 2010, like you're thinking kind of just what like our P or political landscape was like, we were coming out of the recession, you know, mm -hmm. we were on the other end of that. We were just as a country, you know, we were still in Middle East conflict and all these things were going on in the world. You're really thinking about it. Like mental health was not at the forefront of really anyone's mind any men's mind, right. especially in 2010, like there's been a massive shift, not nearly enough. Oh, yeah. It's probably very steadily increased, you know, one to 2% more and more over time as we get into today. I feel like now, like you and I are like in those circles, like on social media that like talk about it, talk about men's mental health, because that's the circles that we're in, that we're a part of, that we're, we're actively talking, talking about, but generally it's still not that big but you think 2010 there's no way yeah. like we were still saying like oh that's that's you know and oh no like using different slurs as just jokes and things like that crazy yeah, different landscape and stuff yeah. and so it's it's for context like it wasn't common as common as it was like i remember in 2010 right. I wasn't, I don't remember a lot of my friends really being divorced, going through a divorce, anyone talking about the divorce. If someone mentioned divorce and like a teacher got divorced or was getting divorced or like a youth leader, someone was getting divorced. It was like, oh, what? A divorce? Like, how could they yeah. kind of thing? It was still those very, because the early 2000s, like it was still, you know, carrying over from the 19, 1990s where it just was like, you know, work through your shit, get through it, figure it out. You yeah. know, divorce isn't is an option. And then it's slowly, you know, more and there's good things to it, but more, you know, that feminist movement, women empowerment, all those things, and people realizing like maybe it's not the best thing to stay in a relationship that's not the best like for you. To where now we're on the total extreme of it. Now you think today, today's context is like, oh, this isn't working. Peace. Like one little yeah, thing. Exactly. Oh, I'm done. I'm out. Too easy. Exactly. Like, oh, yep. I can't with, you know, I see this trend going around the social media right now and it's really gross. It's like new ick on lock, healthy masculinity, playing with this kid, fixing something outside, like new ick on lock. Like what the hell? Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't understand that. Like you say you want a man who's good and good to you and good for your guys' kids and involved and you want an involved dad doing these healthy things with their kid 
you know, riding like one of those little like animal four wheelers at the mall together mm-hmm. kind of thing. You say you want that, but when it's actually being done in real time, you're like, that's an it. And then don't even get, then on top of that, you have this social media partner shaming, which is absolutely disgusting because if yeah. you have a real issue with your partner, the absolute last place you should be airing out that dirty laundry is on social media without even talking to your significant other about it first. Like if there's a problem in your relationship that you feel is a massive problem that you want to take to social media, instead of recording, for example, recording your significant other playing video games saying, this is all he's going to remember about our son's childhood. And then flipping to all these pictures of you guys doing activities together. Like this is what I'm going to remember. Yeah. A, how much is he working? B, was he playing video games for an hour just to kind of calm down from being at work the last 10 hours? supporting your family like you're giving no contact and you're just trashing this man just to fit in and get views and get likes and shit like that and it's ridiculous so yeah i mean it it's all it's all fake i mean any social media you use you can portray whatever picture you want to portray but it doesn't necessarily make it true and unfortunately a lot of people that are you know on social media now are looking for that viral moment so Let's just show like the absolute worst possible scenario or situation and we'll show it out of context and nobody will know. Um, That's something that happens on Twitter all the time. Somebody will will break some brand new news about, you know, something crazy going on. And then you find out they're like, oh, well, they just, you know, snip the video down to show like 10 seconds of the interview or they jump the gun and release the story too early. So there was all this background where you didn't know what was going on and it's you know taken over everywhere yeah like and it's just crazy that like and i'm not trying to trash women women are amazing women do a lot for our country for our world in our lives you know Mm -hmm. they they bear our children they carry our children they you know decide to marry us and love us and be with us because we're just really big children in these really big bodies (laughs) um you know and there are some really great women out there. I mean, you found one. I've now found one. You know, Aaron's yeah. wife is amazing. She's fantastic. She's a great mother and wife. Um, shout out to my sister-in-law. You know, I've talked to some really amazing women on the podcast. You know, Don Brody, um, Aaron Dilligan, um, Katie Keene, you know, Amanda, and just all these other. Some There are some amazing women out there, truly. There's mm-hmm. a lot more really good than bad. but when a woman is portraying her partner by saying what he's doing, that's a very healthy thing for a man to do. Spending time with his kid, healthy masculinity is an ick. Yeah. I don't get that either. That makes no sense. I mean, like, yeah, you, you can't have it both ways. You have complaining. Oh, you're not showing up and now you are showing up and it, it's, it's weird and funny. Like, okay, that doesn't make any it's sense. Like, it's always complaining. Like, Oh, he's not doing enough. Oh, he's doing too much now. Oh, he's, you know, not involved with the kids. Oh, now he's too involved with the kids. Because now it, I don't know if it like throws like some, obviously it's a projection. All these things, you know, the point of all of this, you know, what I want to get to is just like, it's a very outward projection of insecurity on the people who Mm -hmm. are posting it. And it's, I'm not saying it's everybody. I'm not saying it's all yeah. women. I have a 45% listenership. You guys are amazing for listening. <laughs> but the projection 
is coming from those individuals who are posting that, that there's an insecurity there. And it's a very real thing, you know, on both sides of parenting, the, the mom guilt, the dad guilt, not spending enough time with the kids, you know, being too much for your kids, spending too much time with them that they're not going to want to spend time with you later, trying to balance all that. And I feel that it's really hard for us as, you know, co-parent, single parent to where we don't have our kids all the time because there's a really eye-opening, I don't know how true the statistic is, so, you know, humor me here, but like 75% of the time we spend with our kids before the age of 12, you know, and then mm-hmm. if you cut that into being a co-parent, then by the time of age of 12, you only get 37 and a half time, 37 and a half percent of that time. If it's a 50, 50, which it really should be in all cases, if both people are healthy and fit, you know, Mm-hmm. And it goes both ways. Dads don't try to alienate your kid from their mom. Mom, stop alienating your kid from their dad, hundred percent. Right? Because um, that's a bunch of BS. If the other parent is healthy, able, willing, wants to have that involvement, they should more than be allowed. Um, totally but, agree with that. You know, it's there's there's a guilt that comes along with single parenting because you miss out on you know X amount of time. Like for for us, you know, it's half that time. Yeah. You know, by the time our kids are 18, leaving the house, we've already spent 90% of the time we're going to spend with them in their lives. Which, if you think about it in context for your own life, you look back, you're like, I haven't spent a lot of time with my parents since I was 18. You know, I haven't. Before that, I did spend a lot more time and all my time with them before I was about 12, 13. Like, most of the time. And then I didn't. Then it was high school and middle school. Middle school and high school. And you... You know, you know, this extracurriculars, friends, school, time away. Like, yeah, you're still there, but you're not spending like that same kind of time you you were when she was eight, nine, 10 years old, where it was just like everything was done together, watching all the shows together, making all the meals together, doing all the things together, you know? So I think there is a lot of truth to that, that statistic, but you know, that's kind of, it's it's a huge change. I mean, I can speak having a 15 year old. I mean, we might be together in the same place, like apartment, house, whatever, but she's in a room with the door closed doing teen stuff. So it's almost like I got to check on her every couple hours just to make sure that everything's okay. <laughs> she's, make sure she's you know, alive. Make sure she's mirror breathing. under her nose. Yeah, exactly. Do you need a, do you need a snack? Um, yeah, exactly. And what's even worse about that is she'll text me and ask me. I'm like, come on, get out of your bed and come say hi and ask. But no, I get a text message. So you'll probably be getting those soon enough, but yeah, it's, um, it's crazy when you're younger or when they're younger, they want to do more stuff with you and you're more involved. But as an, as a parent, you want to stay just as involved in doing as much stuff as they get older, but you know, they're growing up there. My daughter will be getting her driver's permit soon and eventually her license. Um, now when I'm making plans, I got to double check with her to make sure that she doesn't have anything going on beforehand, which is pretty strange. But yeah, I believe that statistic is a hundred percent true. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So, what's your opinion on like all the, like the partner shaming, the X, just kind of how like social media has really kind of taken dads, and it's really aimed towards dads, and put them even good dads put them in like kind of vilified being a good dad, like. What what's your take on on that? 
Well, it's interesting that you ask because this is something that I talk with my mom about a lot. Um, she's not a feminist by any sense of the word, and she's in her early 80s now. So if we watch a movie and the lead character is a woman and it's an action movie, she gets like super excited, like, oh, it's good to see a, a woman, you know, kicking ass and taking names. Um, and then we'll talk about, you know, the other side of the dynamic. And uh, I think a, a big part of the problem with the partner shaming is if you look back historically at things like commercials and even movies and things like that, there's usually the ideal family is somebody with like a buffoon for a dad. Um, like if you look at like any of the National Lampoon vacation movies, for example, Clark Griswold, mm -hmm. is he a good dad? Absolutely. But they portray him as like a buffoon. Or if you watch, uh, you know, a lot of commercials nowadays too, um, the, the husband is generally just portrayed as some guy that's not too bright. Um, you know, maybe not the the best looking person. He's just kind of buffoonish, I guess. And I think that that's just sort of caught on and, and bled into real life. Like a lot of, you know, movies and popular culture does. Um, and I've even, I, I hope this friend isn't listening, but <laughs> they have sort of, he has this relationship with his wife where she kind of makes like snarky comments and is super sarcastic. And, you know, we're all laughing and joking, but my wife and I were actually talking about this a couple of weeks ago after we hung out. And it was like, man, that's really got to be wearing my friend down. Like his wife doesn't really ever say anything good about him, but he, he's a good dad and they don't have any marital issues, at least that they show to us. And you never know what's going on in a relationship. But I see him and his relationship. And then I see it makes me think of other people when I was younger and, you know, friends, moms would do the same kind of things with their dads. Um, and it was just just kind of weird. It's like I would never do that to my wife and he never does it, you know, back to her. So mm -hmm. it's just sort of like society's just kind of gotten in this rut where this is how men are portrayed. This is how they are. We just need to accept it. And when you. And I, I can even point to another picture. When I was going through my divorce, um, whenever I told somebody, yeah, I was doing something with my daughter this weekend, or I've got this event to go to, or we're going on a trip, people were just flabbergasted. Like, oh, you're actually an involved dad. I'm like, I, you know, why wouldn't I be? I don't know any other way to be. Like, okay. I remember dating people and them almost being offended that I couldn't make time to date them because I had, you know, responsibility of having a kid. And now... Now it's like not as big of a deal. Nobody really cares. It's sort of expected, which is good to see society shift that way. But until, you know, we got of painting husbands as like buffoons and doing too much or not doing enough. I mean, it's going to be hard to, to shake those, those bad vibes and negativity. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the, you know, the wife and the husband who the wife openly kind of mocks him, jokes about him just in public around friends and stuff like, how much of that is really a joke and how yeah. hard is he biting his tongue? You know, cause I've yeah. been there, I've been there like myself, like in my, my, my first marriage, like where it was a lot of that, where it's like, she would say whatever she wants about me to whoever she wants. And like, I would call her on it and she would get so mad that I would be like, can you keep these issues between us? Can you not go and talk yeah. to all your little girlfriends about, shit going on in our home can you keep mm -hmm. things private can you not go and you know run off and go call your mom or run off and go to a friend or something can you like actually talk about you know the issues with me before you go and try to talk to someone else about them and it would just get to the point where if, like i would call her on it would just turn into an argument in the fight because it was like 
I don't want all these people knowing about my marriage, knowing about my business, knowing what's going on, going bad kind of thing. And I don't want to presume because every situation is different. Maybe that's their dynamic and maybe he's cool mm-hmm. with it. I would assume being a man, yeah. being in the same spot where it's like when we would go out, like I would not want to go out at, to a point where it's like, I know she's going to talk shit, talk about me, joke about me. I know mm-hmm. it's just not going to be unconditional and supportive. Like it's like, I don't want to go out with a person that I know when I go out or even go over to your families or go anywhere that it's not going to mm-hmm. be unconditional. It's not going to be supportive. You're not just going to talk me up when you're going to actively work on talking me down or something like that. Like I remember one time vividly, like she said something that like pissed me off when we were at her mom's and I literally stormed off and went up to the room we were staying in. And then like, all I could hear was just them, like her and her mother, just like making fun of me. Like there was no coming up to like check in on me to see how I was doing or what was bothering me or why it bothered me. It was more just like, get over it. Like, come on. Like it was a joke. Like, I'm like, I don't give a fuck yeah, if it's a joke. Sensitive. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It was just like, yeah. you threw, she's like, you threw a big fit. Like, that was embarrassing, like, and stuff. Like, why would you do that? It's like, well, A, you're not supporting me. B, you're not listening to me. C, you're not trying to hear my side of it. D, I don't even want to be here. E, I don't like your mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> and all this stuff. Like, it was just like, dude, like, you didn't have my back at all. Like you just stayed down there and then you talk shit about me with your mom instead of coming up and making sure like I was okay or like check it on me or anything like that for, you know, what, you know, I would presume a good woman would do like kind of thing that I know like my now fiance would do. Like she, she does all these things. Like if I'm upset or anything and like need a minute and like need to sit, like she'll stop what she's doing and she'll sit with me kind of thing mm-hmm. or if i'm like frustrated or upset like she just like touches my arm or like touches like the back of my head or something or you know those little like woman things that show like support and things like that you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. that they know that that you that they're telling you without telling you like i'm here for you i'm right here like i got you don't worry kind of thing and my fiance is great at that she's absolutely amazing at stuff like that um and yeah, so I think it's, it's a- also interesting to I don't think people realize that if you're constantly being snarky or sarcastic, even if as if it's as a joke, I mean, I think it all adds up eventually. Um, 100%. You know, if you keep saying the same thing over and over, you keep thinking the same kind of thought, eventually you're going to believe it. And you really reach a problem if the other partner doesn't speak up about it. You know, like, I, I don't know if my friend speaks about it behind closed doors or whatnot, but um you know, with us, he never says anything. And it, you know, to the point to where, you know, my wife's maybe met the family a handful of times and even she notices it. She's like, man, I don't know how he puts up with that. Like, it's just always, you know, constantly talking down to him and stuff like that. So I've probably totally blown up his spot and I kind of hope he doesn't hear this because I'm sure he's going to know who I'm talking about. But right. yeah, it's it's just the same kind of thing. I mean, my wife's the same way. Like, uh, you know, we have disagreements, obviously, but we both try and seek to understand each other and where we're coming 100%. from in our point of view and i think that's people forget that you don't have to agree on everything you can agree to disagree um you know but you should at least try and understand where that other person is coming from to get an idea of you know 
what you might have said that upset them or what you did or did not do that might have offended them. Because if you don't, then, you know, you're liable to just keep doing the same thing. And, you know, the more that stuff kind of goes on, the resentment builds up and eventually you reach a point of, you know, having contempt for your partner. And, you know, once you get to that level, it's pretty much done. There's, you know, almost impossible to come back from because if you've 100%. been down talking your partner for years and years and years, then eventually you're going to start believing that they're not worthy and you're just going to get to the point to where it's just over and done, unfortunately. 100%. And I can speak firsthand is that's what happened towards like I got to the point where I remember when we got married, we I was maybe like one 170 ish. To the point where we got divorced over time, like I was just so worn down just about like, you know, not feeling wanted, not feeling um, appreciated, not feeling like no matter what I did, like no matter how much I worked out or ate right or anything like that, like it didn't matter to her, like no matter what I did or um, how much I worked or how hard I worked or anything like that or how good of a dad I was, like the only thing she would say good were, you know, your good dad. Um, that was pretty much the end of it. There were points in the marriage where I would be like, um, you know, I love you. And then she just wouldn't say it back for weeks on end. And I would have to yeah. go into overdrive to try to earn that back, you know, where I would have yeah. to do all the chores, all the things, all the stuff to just try to earn that like love back. It's like, yeah. if we're married, that love should be unconditional. You know, it should be unconditional Absolutely. until there's a damn good reason that it's not. Yeah. You know, it's and it's not as non-negotiable, not. And then we got to the point where it's like I was talked down to so much that like I believed it to where I got to the point where I'm wearing like an XL shirt consistently for the first time in my life. And I know that's, you know, normal for a lot of guys my size, six foot, 200 pounds. But, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't have a huge like wide frame. And like mm -hmm. the weight's only in like a few places. There's a lot of muscular places anyways. But um, I got from when we got married, probably about 170. When we divorced, I was 235. The heaviest mm -hmm. I've been in my entire life, just because I was so worn down. And like it weighs on a person. Yeah. And like you're saying, like you believe these things. And then when it's said and done, which it normally is, like you said, because it gets to that point where it's just like there's no coming back from it. And then she's, you know, talked to, talked to you about this and said all those things enough times to where in her head, like, she believes it. So she's just going to go out and do her thing and find someone else that meets this weird fake standard that she wants and bullshit like that. And then, you know, it's over, over kind of thing. Or he's just like, well, she doesn't care or want me anyway. So he goes and does the same thing um, and finds someone that does I mean, want. Your, your wife is supposed to be. Him, so. I mean, your wife is supposed to be like your best friend, your your biggest support system. And I mean, you spend a majority of your time with her. So if you're not getting that from her, I mean, it bleeds into everything else. You're like, I'm not good enough for my wife. I'm not good enough to go for this position at work. I'm not good enough to fix these issues that I have over here. Because, you know, if the person that's supposed to be closest to you and be your biggest support isn't giving you support, you know, it just crushes your confidence. There's nothing you can do. 100%. I just, and I remember actively when I was starting, like, when I started Ball Boy Blog and started doing, um, like, the sports stuff and the baseball stuff and really diving into, like, the writing side and getting really into it and, like, really enjoying it and finding just an outlet creatively for that that was really helping me 
it was just like, oh, you're on your computer again. Look at that. You know, oh, look, yeah. look there you are again. Like, you're going to come to bed. It's like, we have a baby, and this is the only time that, like, I get to do this and stuff. It's like, you don't want to spend time with me anyway. Like, why would I? Yeah. Why Why isn't this a good time kind of thing, you know? And it, there was no support there. But now yeah. it's a total opposite side of it to where, like, those things still play back in my head, you know, to where it's like, she'll say something and let me try to think of an example when there was something that she said or did or said she was going to do. And I looked at her and I'm like, what's the catch? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do I need to do? And it's like, we've been together for, you know, how long have we been together? We've been together for a while, you know, it's like knowing each other. We've known each other for more than two years. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been had different on like a, we talked and things like that. And, you know, that's a whole different thing, but like we know each other, we're best friends and stuff. And it was like, what's the catch? Cause I just, yeah. you know, didn't, and believe it. Like she just meant it. Like she's supportive. Like she's like, like last night, she's like, don't forget you have that seven o'clock recording tomorrow. Cause it was mm-hmm. late and we were talking on the phone and stuff. Cause she, she wasn't here and stuff. And, um, had to grab my little, uh, Chihuahua. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> he was getting stepped on by the big dog. But, you know, it's like now I have that like support and it's like she knows like this is like my outlet and like my thing that I do and stuff. And but she also knows like if she needs to like communicate with me around it or, you know, she feels like it's too much or taking too much time and stuff like that. Like she knows she can also say like say that. And, mm-hmm. you know, but she knows I'll put it down and like I'll put it down for her because like I know I have that support to when I pick it up the next day or a couple of days later or whatever, then you know, it's not a huge deal kind of thing. Cause she understands like it's an outlet for me to have to to function, to get through daily life. You know, I need the outlet, I need the creative creativity and stuff. And that's how it should be, you know. That's mm-hmm. you know, a healthy relationship is when you support each other. Like she makes pens and things like that and shirts and things like that you don't know how many trips in our relationship that we've made to a craft store like our errands on sunday consisted of going to joanne's and she's a preschool teacher so you don't know how many Mm -hmm. trips to target for school supplies that have been made because not only did i have to get supplies for my own kid but she also had to get supplies for herself for her classroom thing shit like that so it's like Mm -hmm. You support each other, even if you don't want to go to Target for the eighth time in a four-day span. Guess what? You go to Target for the eighth time in a four-day span because you love this person and you support them, and you want to show them that support and show them that you care and that you're you're on board. And it doesn't matter what they're doing; like you want to be a part of it. Like she's been having to go to Ulta because you know she's been out of foundation and she's. You know, when she comes over to my place, it's closer. So she's like, okay, I'll just stop by on my way over. It's like, no, come over and then we'll head over to Ulta, like together. Like, I'll go and do that stuff with you. Like, you put that time and that effort in when you're getting that, like, time and effort back. You know, it's a two-way street. Um, Exactly. So it's, those are some just really important things, you know, to, to know as you get into, you know, for all the single dads listening and stuff, like, 
or if you are in a relationship and you are seeing, I would say these actually are red flags, very big red flags that need to be talked through. Yes, if it, if are. there's partner shaming, if there's belittling, if there's talking down to, if there's a lack of support, if there's a lack of unconditional love, if there's, you know, all these things, any little worry that you should, any, or even beyond that, any little thing that you feel like bothering you or that might be an issue that you might feel is dumb because you have been told to your face, that's a dumb thing. We don't need to talk about that. That's little, that's minuscule. Red flag. <laughs> um, like you should be able yeah. to openly talk to your to your significant other about the little things that are bothering you. Like, because like you said, you should be best friends, number one fan, biggest support, you know? Yep. And so it's, it's hard because those things are, they're really hard to go through like for your friend and like for myself personally, like knowing like how that was and like the mental toll that took on me and how that like really affected my own personal confidence in work in life. Like as a dad, as a husband, just as a person, like it's, it's hard. It's really hard because that it consumes your thoughts. Like you're thinking about it all the time because like the person who is supposed to love you the most, support you the most, saying these things to you, you believe mm -hmm. them on a different level rather than if it was some random person telling it to you on the street, like, hey, you're ugly or you're fat kind of thing. That you can let roll off. But when it's your spouse telling you anything along those lines, maybe not that directly, but just negativity and pouring this negativity into you and ducking down to you, belittling you and stuff like that. Like it's, it holds us so much weight. Oh yeah. I think too, um, it's also our responsibility as well to actually speak about it too. Like I know the way I used to be, um, I would just let things sit and fester and I wouldn't communicate them. Um, and, there was times where I did, and this isn't just, you know, with my ex-wife, this is other people that I've dated after and had relationships with where somebody would tell me, you know, you, you never, you're not vulnerable enough. You don't really open up and share how you feel. Um, and then I would get angry, or upset about something, and then I would try and express it. And then I would immediately be belittled and told that it was not a big deal, similar to what you were just mentioning. But I think you need to realize, you know, man or woman, if, you know, you don't feel like you're getting the respect that you deserve or require. You should be vocal about it. Um, you know, maybe your partner won't listen. Maybe they'll try and gaslight you or talk down to you. But whatever was done that makes you feel a certain way is valid. You know, that your partner might not agree with you, but that doesn't mean that you can't discuss it and get it out and say, hey, this bothered me. This is why it bothered me. You know, please don't do that again. Or maybe there's outside chances where you might have overreacted, but you can also discuss that so you can figure out, okay, why did this strike such a nerve? And what can I do to grow and, and get past whatever that hangup is? But I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's just all communication. You need to make sure that you're communicating how you're doing, what you're feeling, whether or not you feel safe to open up and things like that. It's so important to make any relationship work because if you're just letting things pile up and stack up, eventually it's going to come tumbling down. Um, and you're probably going to make a jackass out of yourself exploding and doing something you're going to regret. So it's better just to, to nip it in the bud when it comes up. 100%. And I think it's important to kind of go through the steps of like 
you have to progress through the communication. You know, you have to ask yourself, mm-hmm. why am I feeling this way? What, like, identify those things for yourself first before yeah. you go and talk. Yes, you still need to talk. Don't talk yourself out of it in that process that you need to bring it up. But like, why am I feeling a certain way? So that you understand why you're feeling a certain way. Because women are going to, you know, normally ask you, why? Why are you, why do you feel like that? Or, you know, women love to love, women love to check the receipts. Um, yeah. You know, like. Oh, but you said this here, like you said this on this day and, you know, I thought everything was fine kind of thing. It's like, well, that, you know, and just try to catch you and try to turn it back on you. You know, some of that gaslighting, which isn't always intentional. Some of that is the nature of women and kind of just how they are and kind of how society has, you know, led to to thinking and whatnot, unfortunately. But um, it's very important to to ask yourself why and to know why you felt a certain way so that you can explain it. So that it mm-hmm. makes sense when you explain it. Like, I felt unsupported. I statements are great. You know, mm-hmm. they're very basic. They're very simple, but they land the point across very well. I felt unsupported when you were talking about me with your friends when we were out at the bar the other night. I felt that way because you were saying that, you know, you think my podcast or me playing video games or whatever it is was a joke and it you know it you think it's funny and um I felt unsupported because I have expressed to you before that I need that time to be creative to desensitize to unwind to you know really just check back in and you know kind of come down from the from the work day or from whatever, you know, happened Mm -hmm. that day, it helps me kind of calm down and be more present with you after having that half hour, 45 minutes. I would rather that's, this is the key part right here. I would rather you not talk and joke about that with your friends and find something else to joke about that doesn't pertain to our home or our relationship, because those things I feel are personal to me. And I want to keep those Mm -hmm. things between us kind of thing. And like, if you heard that coming from your partner, you hear something like that and you're like, whoa, okay. Like, I hear you. I get it. I, I respect that. I appreciate that. Like, thank you for telling yeah. me and explaining that to me. And that should hundred percent always be the response. And if you're not understanding there, it's like, okay, can you tell me more about that? Like, or can you tell me why that's like bothering you? Or can mm-hmm. you like, help me understand a little bit more, like maybe give me a couple examples for more clarity kind of thing. Like, or tell me why, like it bothers you. Like, is it coming from a place? Like, like, what is it about it? That's bothering you kind of thing. Like, this is how I feel about it. Like it just opens up a completely different dialogue versus, you know, Hey, what the fuck were you doing? Like, don't fucking joke about me with your stupid ass girlfriends and, shit like that because that's what it sounds like when it festers when you don't process it when you don't ask yourself why when you don't communicate with yourself that's how it's going to come out or that's how she's going to hear it that's right and that's the last thing you want her to hear because she's going to respond she's going to match that energy women are going to match more often than not so if you come out of a place where it's like i feel this is why I would rather very calm, very collected, very thought out. Women are thinkers. Women have a spider web in their brain and it's all intertwined and running on a hundred miles an hour. So if you can 
hit those different, you know, kind of stop and go checkpoint kind of things, pass, go collect $200 along the way with your communication, then like that's going to click in her brain and that's going to make it, make it, that's the energy she's going to match. But if you're coming at her, you know, it's the whole fight or flight, very simple psychological concept, you know, the fight or flight Mm -hmm. response. If, you know, if you're coming at her, cussing, swearing, yelling, mad, upset, you haven't processed it. Guess what? It's going to put her right into fight mode. And then you guys are fighting and arguing or yelling. And then it's 2 a.m. and you're exhausted and you're tired of yelling and you're crying. She's crying. Everyone's crying and everyone's upset. And it's just a big mess. And now you're having to repair and fix and make up and make amends and do more work initially than if you would have just came at it from a place. If you would have taken five minutes to talk to yourself, ask yourself why something I'm really, really big on, ask yourself why, and then go about the conversation from there. One of the lessons I learned from my divorce and from my first marriage. So, Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I've always been pretty good at being measured when I, you know, try and address a problem with somebody. I guess it's been one of my strong points. Um, but yeah, I absolutely agree. It's uh, it's better if you kind of self-reflect at first and, you know, figure out what's going on inside your head and inside your heart before you, I guess, start accusing people and, and pointing fingers. Um, I mean, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. There are some times where you do overreact. Um, sometimes somebody might say something as a joke and it hits you the wrong way. I mean, it's just part of being alive and, you know, having any kind of social interaction at all. So it's it's best to be more measured and figure out what's going on with you and check your temperature before you, you know, do address it. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, yeah, exactly. So Craig, to, rack up, to wrap us up here, we've been going for a while here and we could talk, we catch up all day. We got plenty to talk about. Um, plenty yeah, of topics. We, we, didn't, we didn't even touch talking about 50, 50 or anything like that or yep. really anything in the divorce process or anything like that, you know, but we talked about some of the other things like relationships and red flags and some really good stuff, partner shaming, icks and that stuff that needs to hundred percent stop. And, you know, don't take that personally because it's not a reflection of all men. It's not a reflection of all women. It's an outward mm-hmm. projection of an insecurity. Always remember that when you see those things on social media, like you said, Craig, it's fake, but it's also an mm-hmm. outward projection of an insecurity. It's projecting an insecurity onto someone else. You know, it's, it's that mom or that dad, it's that parent guilt getting to you, feeling mm-hmm. like you're not enough. Someone trying to go for likes and views and instant validation because they can't communicate with their partner that they need to be validated or they need to be heard. They're trying to get a need met. Just always remember that, like in those situations, when you see those things, don't take them personally. No, it's not you. When someone approaches you at the grocery store and says, oh, look at look at the dad out with his kids, like that's an outward projection of them, you know, trying to say like, oh, man, I wish I would have had that when I was a kid. Exactly. Or I wish that I was doing that with my kids, but I'm not kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I'm going to project it on you to make you feel less kind of thing. It's not you doing anything wrong. It's them having an insecurity and then projecting the outward on you because they feel like for some reason they have the audacity that they can. So just remember that, that it's not, it's not you. Nothing we said is aimed or targeted. If your friend does listen to this, it's not, we're not talking about you in general. You know, we're not talking directly about your relationship because we don't know the intimate details of your relationship. 
you know, we only know our experience. Exactly. I know what I've been through and I know how, what I went through for that same situation. So I know how I felt. Um, so I'm happy to share that, um, as well. So, you know, but Craig kind of to wrap up here in a young dad podcast fashion, what is your kind of one piece of all encompassing advice to the dad that's struggling going through the divorce? That's just down in the dirt. Like I was two and a half years ago. Um, what would you say now? What would you say to to that dad i would say that you know when you're going through it it's like the worst possible time ever you're not going to be any lower it's basically rock bottom but understand that you're not going to be that way forever you're not going to always feel that way everything seems more important and like it hurts more now because everything's still raw so take it easy on yourself be gentle um don't get stuck on the hamster wheel of trying to figure out all the things you could have done to fix everything. Um, you know, relationships take two people. Um, it wasn't totally your responsibility if things don't work out and it wasn't totally their responsibility if things work out. Now, granted, you know, if it's cheating or something like that, I mean, you can't force the other person to make a decision. So that's on them, but that's usually just sort of a, a catalyst event for everything falling apart. It usually it was just, you know, the moment where whatever partner cheated, cheated, but there's usually other stuff going on beneath the surface that was never addressed. So just try and take it easy on yourself, you know, give yourself some grace um, and, and try and learn as much as you can from it. Um, you know, nobody's perfect. We're always going to be striving to be the best we can or we should be anyway. So try and figure out, you know, what you can learn from this. Um, you know, maybe if you are about to become a, a co-parent, you know, use the time to get closer to your children and, and bond more if you haven't been doing that. Um, you know, if you are just getting divorced, you might feel like, oh, I'm never going to date again. I'm never going to get married again. But I mean, as we both can show, <laughs> that's not the case. You will get back out there at some point. So try and learn the lesson um, for what you didn't do right or what you didn't like about the relationship. So you can come up with a plan going forward to how you can show up better and, you know, find somebody that's a better match for you because it's, you know, anything's possible. Life's long. I mean, some people say it's short, but the time goes by slow enough that you can, you know, do everything you want to do and accomplish everything you want to do. And I guess most importantly, your divorce doesn't define you. It's just an event that occurred. And it's like you said earlier in the show, more common than it should be. Um, and a lot of people go through it. So I think that's pretty much it. Oh, I, I could go on with divorce advice for days, but try and find a, a community or local group or something for people that are going through the same thing, just because it's, uh, you know, if you can meet people that have gone through it, it, it makes it easier for you to feel understood. 100%. And, you know, caveat with that at the end there, you know, don't go on Facebook. Those groups are toxic. They're awful. Um, they're <laughs> yes, great for they content are. purposes. Too, also toxic. Yeah. There's some, you know, follow if you go either to my Instagram account or to Craig's Instagram account, we follow a bunch of great uh, dad casters, dad creators. Um, there's a dad discord. If you head over to um, my bio over on Instagram, there's a discord that all parents can join, uh, men or women. Um, it's a parents cord. It's just really it's created by myself and uh, as dad as it gets podcast, uh, Larry. Where the moderators in there and it's just a lot of fun and we have memes and parenting memes and just 
sports and just all sorts of things. Like it's the kind of community that you want to be a part of, you know, cause that's so important to find that kind of community. So shameless plug there. Um, but another shameless plug, Craig, people can find you on TikTok, Instagram, X slash Twitter at single dad reboot. Um, you can search Craig's uh, work on the single dad reboot podcast, just simply by typing in on Spotify, your favorite podcasting platform, single dad reboot. Um, it's a great, great show. There is some great nuggets of wisdom, even with the 30 episodes um, that are out there, but um, tell us where we can find some of your written medium stuff. So I'm on medium just under my, my government name, Craig Young Krantz, uh, Y-O-U-N-G-K-R-A-N-T-Z. Um, and I'm just, you know, posting articles about the same kind of stuff we talked about today, being a single parent, getting over divorce, how to strengthen your relationship, um, you know, life changing as you get under, get from underneath the cloud of divorce. And it's just called medium. Yeah, it's medium.com. Um, it's basically okay. like an online newspaper. Um, I'll say, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, search over there. Um, that'll be linked in the show notes as well. So Craig, thanks for coming back on. I'm glad we hit 50 and, um, you know, I'm glad we were able to reconnect and bring you back and, um, you know, best of luck as you know, the next few months as you go through the citizenship battle, move, moving the wife up from the DR and, um, you know, a full on blend in the family and in the home and yep. working that all out. And um, I'm sure you wouldn't have gotten to this point if your daughter didn't have a relationship with her and didn't, wasn't a fan whatsoever. So just congratulations for all the things that have gone super well. Congratulations to your daughter on her, you know, soccer and just, you know, you know, second year of high school and just all the great things that have, you know, come for you the last few years, you know, just huge, man. It's been an honor just to be your friend, to call you a friend. Um, super grateful for your time today. And it's just been great, man. So thank you again. Thank you for having me on again, man. It's it's an honor to be here. And uh, I'd just like to recognize you too. I'm, you know, super proud of the growth you've made over the last couple of years that I've seen. Um, I love what you're doing here with the podcast and just being an advocate for parents and dads, especially. So just, just keep it up, man. There, there's definitely an audience for it out there. So just keep grinding, man. I'm super proud of you and just grateful that you're able to share your message too, because the more of us can get out there and share it, the more people we can help. So definitely. 100%. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, guys, we'll be back next week with episode 51 as we start our race to 100. Stay tuned. It'll be there in no time. Man, that episode was a lot of fun. It was a really good time. Really appreciate it to our guests today for just sharing all that they shared with us today. Tons of fun. Just a quick message before we let you go here from your host, JNA Ron. If you didn't know it, now you do. Jay is a public children's book author. Yes, our very own Jay. Check out his book, A Baseball Game with Dad. It's over on Amazon right now for only $10. Links in the show notes. Another link down in the show notes. We partner with Four Fathers Clothing. Yes, Four Fathers Clothing. They are amazing. Nick's a great guy, great story, great, amazing, fun polos for yourself and also matching polos for you and your kid. You can click the link down in the show notes or in the bio to save yourself some money, support the podcast, and support their amazing brand. Don't forget to also join us over on Facebook and Instagram at Young Dad Podcast. 
help us grow our social media presence and communities as we continue to grow this podcast as we approach 50 episodes here. Lastly, if you're listening on Spotify, interact with the polls, the questions, five stars. If you're over on YouTube, subscribe, like the video, comment, share. If you're on Apple, leave a five-star rating and also review for us to read on our next show. We would love to read that. Any other podcast platforms, whatever you're able to do, rate, review, comment, please do it. And lastly, share with a friend. Share the podcast with a friend. If you know one parent, one dad that could really benefit from the message of the show, share it with them. Share it with them. Share our Instagram page with them at Young Dad Pod over on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, slash X. You can also find us on our website at ballboymedia.com. And lastly, all of our links and everything I just mentioned is all in our link tree. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash ballboyblog. Find us over there. All the links, everything that you would need to know about Ballboy Media, Ballboy Blog, and the Young Dad Podcast, all in one convenient place for you. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay well. And remember, you are loved. You are worthy. And you got this, Dad. Keep your head up.